Eyes on Media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. Time now to hear from stand-up comedian Kate McCabe. I was gobsmacked when she told me who she chose to first come out to. I think it's interesting. Sometimes as a lesbian or a gay person or somebody who identifies somewhere else on the sexuality spectrum, you might get asked the question of like, when did you know you were gay? But that's different than like, when did you feel different? Or when you felt uh, attraction to the same sex? Mm. I remember feeling like, in perhaps like a non-sexualized way, drawn to women very early on. Like when I was like in, I don't know, like second grade or something, having like little tiny crushes on female teachers. Okay. But then I think feeling probably like different than other girls, more around like when I was like 12, 13, 14, when you actually are starting to go through puberty and you see girls, you know, gravitating towards um, boys, trying to get their attention and, and, and flirty with them. You know, when when my female friends were all picking their favorite members of New Kids on the Block and I was scrambling to make up some <laughs> random attraction to one of them. <laughs> That's, that's really sort of dated you in a certain decade there, hasn't <laughs> yeah, it? absolutely. You, I'm you old. Can, you kids on the block. <laughs> Fabulous. So tell us where you were growing up then. Okay, so I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is um, on the Great Lakes in America. Wonderful. And yeah. was that a great place to, to grow up being a lesbian? Um, I wouldn't call Erie, Pennsylvania, like a hyper progressive city. I would describe it as very Americana, hmm. um, uh, traditionally more of like a blue collar type background, although there were, you know, lots of white collar workers there as well. You know how like Detroit has the reputation of sort of like a, a factory city that hmm. is maybe like a little rundown. Erie's got a little bit of that spirit as well. They're both Great Lakes cities and it's that sort of like a slightly depressed stuff, although there's efforts now for rebirth. But what sort of messages were you getting about the fact that, um, you know, you knew that you were a lesbian or you knew you were different? What sort of messages were you getting about that in in the playground or or in the place where you live? Oh, deep, dark ones. I grew up Catholic and I went to Catholic school. So especially in the 80s and 90s, you know, there wasn't much progressivism in my Catholic community in Erie, Pennsylvania. In fact, quite the opposite. You know, it would have been, God, you'd go to hell for masturbating. So you could picture masturbating to a female you know is is twice as bad (laughs) Um, so as far as like commentary from other people I went to a Catholic girls school so it was interesting it was sort of like that type of oh uh, that teacher's a les you know like that sort of negativity like I bet sister so and so was a lesbian Mm. or I bet mrs. uh, so and so is gay that sort of like negative lesbians gross not necessarily directed squarely at me I was a funny girl in uh, high school like I cracked jokes I was like class clown which I think is a classic gay uh, self-preservation maneuver mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. funny enough I've got a lot of comedians on this podcast yeah <laughs> funny that it is funny that isn't it I've never really thought about it like that but you're right yeah I think yeah. it's um, it's like a it's a type of martial art <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that obviously you felt um, different when you were a lot younger but when was the first time you sort of realised it was a sexual thing as well. So when I was going through puberty, I had a kind of sexualized dream about a woman that I knew. And I told my mom uh, pretty urgently because I was weirded out. And I, I was I must have been like 12 or 13. Wow. And, and I told I said, hey, this I had a dream that was like this and blah, blah, blah. And my mom is so lovely. She just calmed me down. It was like, look, you're going through puberty right now. So you're going to think all sorts of weird things. Do mm-hmm. not bother thinking about this for another second. All kinds of bizarre thoughts are going to pop into your head. See you later. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't bother me with your teenage stuff. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So really, I was able to sort of 
via this kind of like safe mode of thinking, just think like, I'm going through puberty. Just because I'm fantasizing about women doesn't mean I'm gay. It's just that my hormones are going bonkers and eventually they'll settle on men. Uh, So that's what you told yourself? Yeah, that was my logic. And was that because of what you're being told at school and by your mum then, you think? Yeah. yeah, I mean, at school, it's not like I'd been given any sort of lesson about, like, sexuality and how it materializes. I think mostly that little blanket of cover that had been provided by my mom. Um, and by the way, like, not like in a negative way. She was just trying to make me feel better. And I don't think she thought I was gay. I don't no. think, legit, I don't think she thought, like, oh, my daughter's gay. I'm going to give her a cover. I, I do think she just believed that this was sort of like... Well, it's, it sounds like you were genuinely confused at that time. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't think either of us knew that, like, that it, it wouldn't transfer over to men. You know, like, I, I never had sex dreams about men. But that was also not a detail that I told my mom. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So you carried on having these sort of fantasies and not really knowing what your sexuality was or really understanding it was. Was, was there a sort of moment where you went, oh, hang on, the dots are joining up here. I think I might be gay. Yeah, I finally admitted it to myself when I was in university. So I went to university in New York City, which is a great uh, playground for uh, a gay kid coming out. And I really was, boy, did homosexuality need to really work hard with me. Because like, I stayed in the closet for my first, America has four years of university right. for a degree. I was in the closet for three of them. In New York City with a gay best friend. No way! Yeah. Oh my God. And they've got an amazing club there called the Clit Club. Do you know about this? I do know the Clit Club and Meow Mix. uh, R.I.P. Meow Mix. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, what a a shame. What a waste. That's it. It was sort of like there I was in like the most uh, bountiful place on earth for uh, being a young lesbian Mm. and, um, you know, doing nothing about it. But I finally came out uh, the summer between my my third and my final year. So Mm. I I, uh, went and saw... (laughs) <laughs> the movie Bound with uh, Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly. I think uh, most lesbians our age have watched Bound. Yeah. It's sort of like, it should be sort of prescribed really, shouldn't it? It's it, sort of something that you need to watch as part of your coming to terms. Maybe even like as a test. Like, yeah. do you think you are? <laughs> watch this. If, it, if, if this doesn't pull you screaming out of the closet, then you're probably not gay. <laughs> um... So yeah, I watched that and then it's like, you know, I had like several fever dreams after that. And then the first person I actually came out to besides myself, a priest. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. And I went to, um. so I, I still, you know, growing up Catholic, I was still trying to live who I was in New York City. You know, I didn't want to go to New York City and become like a completely different person. Mm. So I was still going to church every Sunday morning. And I'm not an idiot. Like, I went to a church in a very progressive neighborhood. Mm. So this was not a very hellfire and brimstone brand of Catholicism. This was a nicer sort of, like, reformed, liberal branch of Catholicism. Mm. And it was a church in Chelsea, which historically is a pretty gay neighborhood in New York City. And I went to a confessional, and, you know, the the priest is behind the thing. And I just say, uh, oh God, I think I, I think I might be gay. And they can't see you, of course, can they? They can't see you. And technically, they're not really allowed to be like, cool, <laughs> regardless of their own feelings. Mm. They've got to give sort of like what the Pope prescribes as how to deal with these situations. Yeah. So I had quite fearful at this point, really expecting that the priest is going to tell me that like my soul needs to be cleansed and that like I need to do this, that and the other thing and that it's wrong. But instead, you know, and I really thank God that, like, I I was at this point in my life. I was in New York City. I was in a church in Chelsea. He said, uh, 
well, okay. Uh, all right. Well, I'm, look, I'm I'm supposed to say some things, and uh, you know, I want to know. Let's just talk a little bit more about this. Have you acted on your mm-hmm. um, your gay feelings? And I said, well, no, I've, you know, like I, I hadn't because I'm, you know, I'm not very cool. <laughs> I've been to watch the film Bound and yeah. had unnatural thoughts. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he said, okay, uh, well, what I'm going to say to you, uh, technically this isn't the line that I'm supposed to use, but I would say in your gay relationships, treat your partners like I would ask you to if you were straight. As in like, basically, I think what his advice was like, don't go out and be a gay hooker. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like, just like if you're going to, you know, fall in love with someone, you know, like respect them and respect yourself and et cetera, et cetera. And so, sort of gave me like a very cautious, like, it's okay. Basically, just be a good gay Catholic in your relationships. And that's exactly what you needed to hear, probably. That's 100%. Probably, probably as good as you were going to get from a Catholic priest. Yeah, I think, and this is it, I think people's experiences with religion vary greatly depending on where they are in the world. Mm. Um, you know, what is kind of coming out of the church in that in that moment in time. Again, I think, you know, geographically, I, just, I was just lucky, luckier than 90% of my gay friends. So, how did that make you feel then? Did you think, oh, actually, it is okay to be gay? Or, or were you still a bit sort of, oh, I'm still going to stay in the closet. This is still not great with God. How did you feel after that? Well, it was a massive relief. So someone who felt pressure from religion growing up Catholic, it was a massive relief to feel and understand that I'm not crazy. There are people in the world, even in religion, that like don't think I'm going to burn in hell for just basically living my truth. And then it made me consider, who am I going to tell next? Well, you had a gay best friend. Did you, how come yeah. they weren't first? <laughs> he was second. Yeah. <laughs> he was second. Exactly. Uh, and even then, it took me like a few days to sort of like, okay, how do I want to talk about this? And what's the order of people I'm going to tell? Mm. <laughs> I remember, because there's a line in Bound where Joe Pantaleone goes, and you can swear on this podcast, right? Yeah, you can. Okay. Fuck it. Uh, Joe Pantaleone goes, fucking queers, you make me sick. Right. And I remember uh, being with my my best friend, uh, the gay best friend, uh, Ari, and his boyfriend at the time, uh, Joe. And this was after I came out to the priest, Mm. but before I came out to them. And we were watching, I think, Bound on video or something. And I look over at them and I go, fucking queers, you make me sick. And uh, they were like, Katie. (laughs) And I was like, I'm allowed to say it. And then, like, came out to Ari, like, shortly after that. I'm allowed to say it because I'm also exactly. a fucking queer. I felt like I could own it, and um, and that, that's what made it okay. And what did they say? Ari was very pleased for me. I think, you know, one of the one of the people that maybe, like, thought probably she is, but, mm. you know, you can't force someone out of the closet. So he was my, my comfort in that summer, you know. And when I went home and I told my mom, she was a lot better than I thought she would be because you really really built up to that then didn't you really to tell your mum yeah you know my parents were divorced and so I did tell my dad shortly after my mum but my uh, dad had always been sort of like a liberal uh, hippie kind of thinker I I guess I had less worry because my mom was the religious one in the family Uh, as opposed to my dad who was sort of anti-religious and did those um, stereotypes work out? Was your dad cool? Yeah, my dad was very cool. He was like, a week into it, he was like, well, okay, here's some books I've read. This is completely queer, the encyclopedia from A to Z, and uh, Chastity Bono's uh, autobiography. And I was like, okay, thanks, Dad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, um, you know, my mom wound up just being sort of like what I would call a, a good kind of Christian who... 
Mm-hmm. You so know. How did the convoy go with your mum? Can you remember? Yeah, we went to Pizza Hut. Okay. Uh, before we went to Pizza Hut, I, uh, I told her at the kitchen table, I sat her down, and I, I asked her the question I think that a lot of gay people want to know, yeah. which is like, I think I phrased it to her, did you ever think that maybe I might be gay? Like, I wanted to know oh. what she th- was thinking about my lack of boyfriends, my lack of expressed sexuality, and she she said something like, well... You know, I thought it might be a possibility, but I would never want to vocalize that because I don't know. And I said, I wish you could have just asked. Mm. I wish you would have just asked me. And she, you know, said, well, it's okay. And uh, then she took me to Pizza Hut so that I could have a good cry over some pizza. So you were more emotional than she was, were you? Yeah, I Mm. was. My mom's a good mom. She knows, you know, she... She's always been a good support to both me and my sister. And, you know, it wasn't about her. It was about me, you know. So she never took the position of sort of like, what did I do? Or where did this come from? She never centered herself in the conversation. The closest she ever got was trying to relate to it by saying like, hmm, it's just interesting. I guess I just can't picture it. But I remember having uh, a lot of deep uh respect for the nuns at my my catholic school and i was like well, it's not the wow. same i'm like it's definitely not the same mom and that's that's your kink and not mine <laughs> oh wow yeah. but i love that way of rephrasing it then have you ever thought that i might be gay yeah because i've spoken to a lot of people whose mothers always know so as soon as they turn they go oh my the same problem you had like if you thought it, why did you never say it? Yeah, like it was, it took all this sort of uh, like mental and emotional uh, labor mm. for me to push it out of my face. Whereas I guess I, I felt like if she would have asked me, it would have been easier. But I, that that's the shoe on the other foot. You never know if at like 16, no. if she'd asked me, if I if that would have pushed me further in. If I would have been like, mm. oh, no, I'm going to go out and get a boyfriend right now. You're a jerk. Because <laughs> you, you obviously weren't ready. You, you obviously waited till you were sort of in your early 20s. Didn't yeah, you? yeah, you, I was 20 years old. Yeah. You, yeah, so you'd done a few years of uni. Yeah. And, and then you were ready. So you can't rush these things, I think, can you really? No. And again, I think geographically, that had a lot to I mean I probably would have stayed in the closet if I had gone to a different university like something more mm. rural or a smaller town probably would have stayed in the closet even longer well I mean I have spoken to people on this podcast who have been thrown out of university in America because yeah. they're religious colleges and that <sighs> is legal in your previous it country yeah it is I think you know America's the impact that religion has on American freedom is a lot greater than people think because I mean we're voting right now on whether you can fire an LGBT person from mm. work constantly Constitutionally speaking, so uh, and that has to do with religion. It's about whether, if it is a religious prerogative or priority, can they do it? And it's like, ooh, okay, uh, boy, this isn't how religion is supposed to be applied in people's lives. Mm. And was that part of your thinking of moving to the UK, or did you fall for a girl and end fall up for in- a girl? Oh, that course. story, <laughs> yeah. I'm I got dragged over here because my wife is Scottish. <laughs> Oh, so you had a very happy uh, ending then in terms of your love life. Yeah, I was doing um, stand-up in New York City and uh, my wife was sort of living there very you know, temporarily as sort of like a tourist um, and saw me do stand-up and bought me a beer and uh, I'm just really bad at one-night stands. And- <laughs> You know, 18 years later. <laughs> you followed it all the way back to the UK. I did indeed. We tried to make it work in America first, but historically and politically at that time, it was when George uh, Bush II was in office. And with us fighting a war and being awful uh, in other ways, we weren't 
anywhere near having a national gay marriage recognized, no. which is which is what you need to sponsor an immigrant. You can't just have like, oh, it's legal in Vermont. It had to be legal in oh, okay. all of America. So it was easy for you to come here and then it you was. got married here first? So there used to be a visa over here that doesn't exist anymore about sponsoring partners, whether Ooh. you were gay or straight. And that was my pathway to the UK. Then we got civil partnered here. Uh, we had a ceremony in America that didn't have any um, legal standing. Okay. Uh, and then America said yes on gay marriage when Obama came into power. And we went and got our papers signed in America. And then... England upgraded from civil partnerships to marriage. Yep. So then we, so we have basically like too many universities. It sounds, uh, not universities. Um, anniversaries. So you basically had some sort of non-binding legal document ceremony in America. Yeah. A civil ceremony in the UK. Yeah. And a wedding in the UK. Yeah. Have you done the wedding in America yet? So like the the big ceremony we had in America was like our ten thousand pound affair you know what i mean it was like we rented out a hall we had a, a meal served to people and you know carrie bought a wedding dress and oh, okay so yeah like we treated it like our like wedding, wedding. Yeah. even though like it didn't have legally binding status but we had the paperwork from the uk for the civil partnership fabulous yeah and so you've come here and you are still a stand-up comedian you, do, you still do that so do you come out in your comedy is it very important for you to, to talk about your your wife and being a lesbian on stage most definitely because i don't really create many fictions in my stand-up a lot of mine is like either true to life anecdotal or observational mm. I just think I should talk about as truthfully as I can my experiences I even have a joke in my set about it about like look I always come out with one or two jokes that acknowledge that I'm gay mm. And it's not necessarily because that's my chosen topic that I want to harp on about. Mm -hmm. It's because if I didn't, that you as an audience would be distracted. Because <laughs> I feel like I look gay. And if I don't confirm it, they're going to be like, oh, I'm pretty sure she's gay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're coming out constantly. That's kind of what yeah. you have to do as a, as a gay person, though, isn't it? Really? That's absolutely true. I think that is um, something that gay people do every time they move into a new either circle of friends mm. or a new workplace. You don't get to come out once. You come out, you know, as many times as you meet a new person. Kate, I had to do it at the doctors yesterday. Did you? Got a new doctors. Guess what the first question she asked me was? Uh, could you be pregnant or have you had any, like, yeah. Pretty much. What? type of contraception are you using right okay <laughs> yeah uh i was like um being gay and menopausal <laughs> how does that work <laughs> oh anyway i always like to end with um sort of advice for you know other people that might be doing it or thinking about it and not had the bravery to do it yet because it is a big deal you know like yourself you yeah said you, you did take several years to, to come to terms with it and vocalize it what advice would you give to people in, in that position that you were in, sort of in your late teens, early 20s? I would say, don't let anyone push you, but I'm on the other side of it now. Go for it. Mm. If things do not go according to plan, take advantage of the hundreds of support networks and groups there are out there. Even if you have a bad uh, communication with someone and maybe it doesn't go as well as you want, there's people out there that will help you through it. They'll hold your hand and be your friend. Absolutely. Unlike when we were coming out and there was no internet or no, support. Exactly. It's, it's a lot easier to find that help, isn't it, really? It yeah. is. It is. It's there for you. Take advantage of it and uh, come out, come out and enjoy the other side. And uh, if you're not sure if you're a lesbian or not, perhaps get Bound out on yeah, DVD. Check out Bound. Uh, lately, I've also been, you know, watching Gentleman Jack too many times. So... <laughs> If, if uh, either of those, watch both. Do, do yourself a little favour, have a little marathon. A huge thanks to Kate for sharing quite a unique coming out story. 
please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can find us there at Come Out Stories. I'm Emma Goldswell, and Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On media production. In the next episode, you're going to hear from Oscar. He grew up in Trinidad and identifies as being transmasculine but non-binary and sexuality-wise identifies as being pansexual. Suppressing the urge to transition for 20 years had a huge impact on his mental health. I just spent a year with a sort of extreme kind of agoraphobia. I'd been really depressed. I'd had lots of mental health issues. And I'd spent about a year on the sofa refusing to leave the flat. And I was basically waiting to die at that point. 